The world of organized crime is abuzz with a new epidemic. And then we take a look at one of the most bizarre conspiracy theories I've ever come across. What did this stenographer really say at the House of Representatives today on Dead Rabbit Radio? Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. We got a lot of stuff to cover today, so we're going to jump right into this. First off, let's give a shout out to our newest Patreon supporter, Daisu. Daisu, thank you so much for supporting the show. You are going to be our navigator, our pilot, our El Capitan this episode. If you can't support the Patreon, that's fine too. Just help get the word out about the show. That really, really helps out a lot. I'm actually sending out Patreon stickers still. I had a batch ready to go, but I unfortunately contaminated them with a little bit of the good THC. Now, I don't smoke. I don't smoke, but I use this topical balm because I have tennis elbow. And I was like writing a letter, putting on balm, writing a letter, little musical montage, writing letters. And then I realized that I picked up one of the letters and it had a sheen to it, and I realized I almost I almost mailed THC overseas. So I was like, I throw those letters away. So we got more of them going out. If you haven't got your sticker yet, it's on its way. So Daisu, let's hop in the Jason Jalopy. We are actually, we all have jobs now. So we are beekeepers. You're like, no, no, I didn't bring my beekeeper suit today. It's okay. They'll only sting you once and then then they'll die. So I have my official dead rabbit beekeeper suit. It's available in the merch store, but you didn't buy it yet. So what are you going to do other than get stung by bees? We are driving in the Jason Jalopy. We have a bunch of beehives in the back. I'm sitting comfortably. My suit is air conditioned. You don't have a suit. You are swelling up more and more by the minute. We're working for a man named Mike Potts. And he owns a company called Potsy's Pollination. And he goes, hey, guys. First off, he goes, hey, I don't know who you are, but you should be wearing a beekeeper suit like your buddy Jason here. But it's too late now. I need you to deliver these hives from my business, Potsy's Pollination in Oregon. Take them down to Yuba City. So we're driving around. We're driving down to Yuba City. And then all of a sudden... We see, like, a car come up alongside. That's not abnormal, right? We're like, what? We're on the freeway and there's cars around us. What is this devil magic? Driving down the road, this car comes up alongside us. It's, like, has spiked wheels and stuff. And it's like, we look over at some war pups. They're like, ah, we're, like, fighting. I'm just sitting there. I'm in my beekeeper suit. I can't let it get ruined. Otherwise, I might get a single bee sting. You, on the other hand. You have to fight off these war pups. You're getting stung by bees. The queen bee has a crush on you, and it's making other bees jealous. So they're stinging you even more. People are trying to hit you with maces. It's a horrible, horrible thing, it looks like. Again, I'm not experiencing any of this. Step on a Daisu. We're trying to outrun this car. And eventually we do. They're like spraying chrome paint. They got nitro on. But we still outrun them because... First off, I just realized none of those jokes make sense if you haven't seen that Mad Max movie. You're like, what? Who are, why are puppies driving a car? Why do they have chrome paint? Anyways, go watch Mad Max Fury Road and then finish the rest of the episode. But I'm not going to bring them back up, so it doesn't matter. Just watch it on your free time. Here's the story. Mike Potts, beekeeper for Potsy's Pollination. In real life, there were no war pups, but in real life he did have a bunch of beehives brought down from Oregon to Yuba City. 
and he put them in like this holding area, which is just like a field, because it's not like you're going to be like, oh, let's put them in this enclosed garage. And the next day you open the garage up, you're like, ah, they've multiplied. You just put the beehives like in a field and then you leave and then someone else picks them up. This dude, Mike Potts, dropped off his beehives. When he came back, 92 beehives were gone. Not bees, not just 92 bees. That would be fine. You're like, he's not counting them. He's like, one, two. He's like, oh no, where's 92 bees? That You would take the time you'd spend counting them, they're just going to die of old age. 92 beehives are gone. So why steal a beehive? This is insane. This is So there's this journalist named Oliver Millman. He wrote this article for The Guardian, which I got the bulk of my information from. Wrote this article called Hive Heists. I'm sure he could pronounce it correctly. He can enunciate it, but hive heists. Why the next threat to bees is organized crime. And it was about how people are knocking over these beehives. Not literally, because then bees get you. Knocking them over by stealing them. That's an old gang, 1930s gang slang term. Anyways, they're, they're stealing these beehives. Get this. He had 92 beehives were stolen. That was $44,000 worth of beehives. So the article goes on, it really is this detailed article about why and how organized crime are stealing bees. I thought this was great. Sometimes, So what they do is they'll steal the whole beehive. But they're delicate things, right? They're, ma- they're, ma- they're assembled by bees. They're not made to be moved. They're not building the wood and the nails, but you build a box, then the beehive itself is just like a bunch of wax paper. It's full of buzzing insects. It's not supposed to be handled a bunch. So people a lot of times will steal these beehives and then like butterfingers them and they blow up and there's bees everywhere. Sometimes they want to, let's say you steal 95 beehives, but you want to sell 180. They'll cut the beehives in half and then be like, Hopefully another queen appears. Hopefully there's just some queen wandering through the meadow and being like, oh, I need a new home and going to that one. Sometimes they'll take beehives and merge them together, all of Voltron. They'll do all sorts of stuff. The science behind stealing bees. So this is the way it always works. You have one day, you have a police department, and then one day a guy in your neighborhood starts setting stuff on fire. So then you need a dedicated arson investigator. Or that was a long way to say... That there are dedicated bee cops. They're dedicated cops and they they specialize in what's called hive crimes. So then in this article, we meet a detective. This article by Oliver Millman. We, We meet this detective. His name is Rowdy Freeman. Rowdy Freeman. He's a Butte County police officer who specializes in hive crimes. He's known among the police department as a, quote, bee theft detective. Now, that's stupid. I don't even have to make a joke about how dumb it is that we have a cop that is dedicated, who's sitting around all day long, all these murders are taking place, places are blowing up, and they're like, Rowdy, Rowdy, come join us. And he's like, "Mm -mm mm-mm-mm, this phone could be ringing any minute now. The phone's all covered in cobwebs. I'm sure he investigates other crimes, but if you think about it, he could be like at a homicide scene and trying to, like, look at clues and stuff like that. But in the back of his head, he's always thinking about bees. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want a bee cop investigating my murder, basically. And I think the really the funniest thing about this, imagine this. You have a kid, and you name him Rowdy. You name a kid Rowdy, right? Maybe you're a huge fan of the wrestler. Maybe you were just hoping when he grew up, he would literally grab two people and smash their skulls together. You named your son Rowdy, and he's a bee, he's a bee detective. How disappointing would that be? 
I imagine the family is just like these bunch of bar-breaking monsters. The other members of the family are named like Lunkhead and Thud. This is Rowdy. And, uh, hey, Mom, hey, Dad, guess what? I'm investigating a bunch of bees again. I'm going to find the bees this time, Mom and Dad. Bee theft detective. Now, why are people stealing bees? My original thing was to sell honey because the only thing I know about bees is from Winnie the Pooh. So I figured, even in my notes, early on in my notes, I made all these jokes. You want to hear them? I made all these jokes about the sweet stuff, the golden goose, the liquid gold. They weren't funny jokes. I didn't say they were funny jokes. But I thought that people were stealing these hives and then cracking them open and getting that sweet, sweet golden goose. Apparently, that's a new way to talk about honey. I don't know, and then they're selling it to the grocery stores or something. They're like, never get high off your own supply. All these all these criminals have diabetes. All these bee theft criminals, rowdy kicks in the door. They're like, ugh, they can't run. That's not why they steal the hives. It's not for the honey. It's not for the honey that's incredibly cheap. You can buy for like a dollar. No, it's for the almond business. It's the almond business. They use them for like pollinating stuff. They go, they have this giant almond jamboree thing in Central Valley where all the beekeepers from around America, this sounds like just the lamest possible, even Rowdy's like, I'm really embarrassed I'm part of this industry. All of these beekeepers from around America drive with their big old beehives to this almond place in Central Valley and they release them, I guess. I think they sell them. I don't think they just go, be free. And everyone's getting stung. The almond industry alone uses 2.34 million beehives. Not bees. 2.34 million beehives. This is one of those things, like, people steal your guitar, you check the local pawn shop. People steal your bees, they're all going down to Central Valley. So I'm sure they do have a big hive crimes unit down there. (laughs) Law and order hive crimes. This is what's interesting about this, and this ties into a story we did a while back. Here's this quote. Normal people can't just go steal 500 hives with a forklift in a truck, said Charlie Nye, a beekeeper research. Could you... This guy, his his career is not researching bees, <laughs> which is... At least that's fascinating. Charlie Nye is a beekeeper researcher, so he researches people who keep bees. Like, is that a thing? Is there a biologist who just studies other biologists? Anyways, quote, Normal people can't just go steal 500 hives with a forklift and a truck, said Charlie Knight, a beekeeper researcher at University of California, Davis. So it's... So here continues the quote. So, normal people can't. It's not like the Beagle Boys are driving up with a forklift and dropping bees and getting comically stung and all that stuff. No! It's other beekeepers. So, a while back I did an episode about a bee infestation in Las Vegas, I think it was. And a beekeeper showed up and got rid of the nest. And in that episode, I made a joke. What if the beekeeper had put the nest there in the first place? What if beekeepers are more evil than we think they are? So apparently the people stealing the beehives are other beekeepers. Rival beekeepers, you may say. There may be a huge subculture of bad beekeepers. Beekeepers who will do whatever it takes to make a little more of that sweet, sweet honey money. So, yes, there is a war, a hidden war between the good the good beekeepers and the bad beekeepers. Again, you can tell they're bad beekeepers because they have those little frowny eyebrows on their suit. But other than that, you would never know. You would just be walking down the street one day and 
Ow! I got stung. What? Huh? Ow! Ow! I got stung again. That's weird. I'm like downtown. There's not bees around, and then you turn around, and there's like a like a Italian mafioso, but with with a beard of bees. He has a little queen wrapped around his neck, and he's like, "Hey, I, if you want to stop getting stung, maybe if you gave me some money, you know, we could work stuff out." Ow! Start getting mugged by beekeepers. Who knows? Who knows where they will stop? They're already preying on each other. What's to stop them from turning on us? Us normal people. Us homo sapiens. Will we ever be safe? Or will they squash us? Like a bug. But Desu, call up that carpenter copter. Let's get out of here before they really unleash the bees on us. We are headed out to Washington, D.C. There's a trail of bees behind us. They make a fist. They're shaking it in the air. We got away from them. We don't have to worry about those guys anymore. Instead, we're going to a story that is one of the weirdest stories I've ever come across. Now, on my YouTube account, I have my watch later list, which, you know, videos that I'm going to watch later. And it's usually filmed up with Omewrecker or Dream videos or Toy Galaxy um, comic tropes. Just a lot of kind of like fluff stuff. But the very first video, the very top, the very first video I ever put watched later on was a video by a channel called Truth Stream Media. What really happened when the house stenographer was pulled off the floor is the name of that video. I remember when this happened. It was shocking and bizarre. I've always had this video. Every so often I've revisited it. And I don't, honestly, I don't know why I waited this long to do the story. This is one of the most bizarre stories I've ever come across. Most of you guys have never heard this before. It was national news. It was national news. Some of you guys may remember this, but I can almost guarantee a good bulk of you will never remember this happened. October 16th, 2013. You had the House of Representatives, the U.S. House of Representatives, had just taken a vote about reopening the government. The government had shut down. They're getting ready to reopen it. 2013, seven years ago. Barack Obama was in office. This is not an old conspiracy from the 80s. National news, and it so quickly got swept under the rug because it's so bizarre. House stenographer, they just got done doing the vote. House stenographer Diane Reedy, she's 48 years old. She'd been working at the house for quite a while. She's sitting there packing up her equipment. So stenographer is the one who does the shorthand. They type in a little computer thing. She's a note taker, but it's very, very detailed hard work. I'm not trying to dismiss it as note taker. She's doing transcripts on the fly. So it's not, it's not like they got someone, it's not like they put up an ad in Craigslist and just got some random person. It's a very, very specialized field. You have to work a very long time to get any good at it. And she's doing it on a national level. So she's done. Everything's getting wrapped up. She's putting her equipment away. Now there is video footage of all this stuff. And it's like C-SPAN footage. So you just have the single camera that's looking on the House of Representatives. So we see everything that's about to happen. We see everything. If you've ever seen a State of the Union address, it's where the president stands to do his speeches. That podium is empty. There's people milling about. The vote is over. The session is over. Everyone's getting ready to go home for the day. Diane Reedy is packing her stuff up, and she's probably a good 30 feet in front of the podium. And the podium, like, is on these steps. It's, like, on this raised area, so it's looking down on the rest of the house. She's packing her stuff up. Some Somebody walks up to her. And begins talking to her. Everyone's just, there's just kind of people talking to each other. It's like when a movie or a play gets done, everyone kind of gets up and starts talking to each other. It's that type of thing. This man's talking to Diane, and we don't know what they're saying. They're not miked. And then he kind of nods to her. And then she gets up, 
she walks out of frame for a second and then comes back in. She walks up to the podium, the main area where where the president gives his speech from during the State of Union. It's the seat of power in the House of Representatives. She walks up there and she begins to say this. So what you heard was her going up and delivering this little speech. And then at first people don't really know what to take. People are getting ready to leave. And this woman starts saying this stuff. And you see everyone. Some people are continuing their conversations. Other people are kind of like, huh, what? Taking it like, what's going on? It's kind of catching their attention. She's saying this stuff about Freemasons and, and God. And you can't serve two masters. And eventually people began to like, come on, come on. And you can hear all that stuff. And they're kind of pulling her away from the mic. And they take her off frame. They end up taking her to an elevator and escort her off the premises of the building. Where she then had to go through a mental health examination and all of that stuff. So The Hill, the the, the website The Hill, let's look at a quote that they had about this incident here. Once there, Reedy rambled, yelling praise be to God and speaking of the Freemasons and not being able to serve two masters. Quote, he will not be mocked. He will not be mocked. Don't touch me. He will not be mocked, she said, according to audio of the incident. And here's the, we're going to go more in this quote of what she said. The greatest deception here is, this is not one nation under God. It never was. Had it been, it would not have been. No, it would not have been. The Constitution would not have been written by Freemasons. They go against God. You cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve two masters. Pray be to God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise forever. She's dragged off the floor of the House of Representatives. Are you guys shocked you haven't heard this story before? It's on live television at the U.S. House of Representatives. It was a, People want to know if the shutdown was going to end. The eyes of the nation were watching this. She gets up, she says this. This is, this is not some vague, deep fake YouTube clip of the woman giving the speech about aliens at UN. Remember that? It was like a year or two ago. This was C-SPAN footage, then covered by Fox News and CNN and The Hill and all these other political outlets. Are you guys surprised you haven't heard this story yet? Where a woman gets up and starts talking about the country is founded by Freemasons and it's not based on God. If it was based on God, it never would have been allowed to exist. All this stuff. Fascinating stuff. We're not even to the weirdest part yet. Because I remember watching. I remember. Well, I wasn't watching the live C-SPAN footage, but I was watching the news when this all came out. And I was like, what? That's bizarre. Because obviously as a conspiracy theorist, you've heard this stuff before. And now you're having someone broadcast it live. One of the power centers of the United States. So after she's pulled away from the mic, she's taken to an elevator. We have footage of her getting in the elevator as well. Then she's taken off the premises of the House of Representatives. She gives this quote later on. She says she doesn't remember any of it. She doesn't remember any of it at all. This was her quote. Quote, I remember just getting up to the podium and after saying God will not be mocked, I don't have a memory of anything else that was said that evening until I was escorted off the floor. I got up, and I remember walking to the dais and speaking, and standing at the podium where the president speaks as God would have it, but I did not lose my mind. I did not have a breakdown. Unquote. She says that God would give her messages. She said this actually happened four other times. She would feel it. 
intense pressure to speak the word of God through her mouth. Her husband said that she was actually losing sleep over just the events of of what was going on in society. The government was shut down and it was this big... It's funny because we look back and it seems like it was no big deal because we've already moved seven years ahead. But at the time, you're like, oh no, is like the country going to fall apart? Are these businesses going to go out of business and stuff like that? She said, I was having a hard time sleeping. It was really weighing on me, the direction of the country. But there was a, only a one in three chance that she was going to be the stenographer that day. She goes, I didn't plan anything. Because it really could have been any three of us. They would rotate through. She goes, it was a one in three chance that I was there in the first place. And she eventually, five months after all of this, did a video on YouTube. And she said, again, repeated that the Spirit of God compelled her to speak. And she again repeated her phrase, quote, After saying God will not be mocked, I don't have a memory of anything else that was said that evening after being escorted off the floor. So the clip I played for you before was taken from Fox News. Let's play that clip again, because now there's background information. Let's play that clip again. So True Stream Media, it seems like they mostly do conspiracy theory type stuff. They're still putting out content, at least within the past couple of months. And I don't know if they take like super controversial views. I've never like gone through their catalogs. So if you find something weird on there, I'm not advocating their stance. But this video is the only time I've ever seen this pop up. So everything after this, all my research I'm getting from Truth Stream Media's YouTube site. I played you that Fox News clip twice, and that was from when she was on the floor of the House of Representatives. We also have footage of her at the elevator. Let's see what she was saying when they took her downstairs to the elevator to get her out of the building. He will not be mocked. He will not be mocked. Don't touch me. He will not be mocked. The greatest deception here is this is not one nation under God. It never was. Had it been... It would not have been, no, it would not have been, Constitution would not have been written by Freemasons, they go against God, you cannot serve two masters, you cannot serve two masters, praise be to God, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. That sounds familiar, right? That was footage of her at the elevator being put on the elevator by Capitol Police. Let's listen to that Fox News clip one more time. No. It would not have been. Constitution would not have been written by Freemasons. They go against God. Okay. It's the same audio, right? It's the exact same audio. So let, that's the f- clip that Fox News is using. And that's the clip that you'll see going around. Let's look at the raw audio clip from C-SPAN. Because remember, they were recording it. Everyone else was getting their footage from C-SPAN. Let's look at the raw footage.
you couldn't hear anything at all. Nothing. You hear the bustle of the crowd. She's up on that microphone. She's talking. She's saying something. Everyone in the house is turning to look at her. Police grab her and drag her off. Now, what's interesting, one thing True Stream Media pointed out was, in the clip where you hear her giving this speech, and they drag her off, her voice doesn't get quieter as she's moving away from the mic. They, You're watching the video, you obviously can't right now, but when they grab her and they're moving her away from the mic, her voice stays constant the whole time. Which is not how microphones work. See, watch, as I'm coming over here, and then I'm going to walk over here, and now Capitol... Get off me, guys! Oh, no, the bees! No, no, I didn't know the Capitol Police had a bee unit! You see how it changed as I'm moving around? She got dragged a farther distance than that. Her voice stayed the same. You can even... This is what True Stream Media pointed out as well. You can hear... A ding... When she's talking on the House floor of representatives. And when you watch the elevator footage, you hear... That's the elevator opening up. They took the audio from the elevator confrontation and put it over the raw C-SPAN footage. Who did it? Why did they do it? What did she say? She says... The last thing I remember was saying, God will not be mocked. But she didn't say that at the podium. Now, there's two answers to this riddle. One is, she said pretty much the exact same thing at the podium that she did at the elevator. So whoever edited it together said, it's close enough. She's saying this at the elevator. She did say God will not be mocked and said something similar. So we're just going to put the audio over. That's not how news works, though, right? News isn't like, well, we know that guy might be a serial killer, so we're going to Photoshop him in front of these bodies. Like, that's not how the news works. She did not. That audio clip that was played on Fox News and all the other news networks where she's saying that speech, that did not happen. She did not say those exact same words. She could, Again, she could have said something so similar that they matched it up. But somebody went through the trouble of taking the footage from the elevator, taking that audio, putting it over the clip, and saying, look what this wacky woman said walking around. To the point that even she says, well, I remember saying that. She'll say, I remember saying that at the podium, then I don't remember anything. But she didn't. She said that at the elevator. She said that minutes later. He will not be mocked. He will not be mocked. Don't touch me. He will not be mocked. The greatest deception here is this is not one nation under God. It never was. Had it been, it would not have been. No. It would not have been. Constitution would not have been written by Freemasons. They go against God. You cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve two masters. Praise be to God, Lord Jesus Christ. The guy who's walking up to her and talking to her, Truth Street Media was kind of putting him in this malicious light, like maybe he gave her some sort of command or code to say something. I don't think that. That is a that's stretching it a bit to to me. I don't necessarily think that because if I'm having a conversation with someone and then they turn around and start murdering people, and I'm on video turning like shrugging my shoulders, being like, "What?" Like that's not my fault. 
I don't think the guy had anything to do with it, but TrueStream Media made it seem like it was... I don't want to put words in their mouth either, but they gave him a little more malicious intent. She does, basically, because then she gets up, he ends up just kind of checking his phone, and then eventually he does look up and see what's going on. So, you know, may, maybe he had something to do with it. That's what TrueStream Media's thing. I think that it could have been anyone he was talking to. Anyone she was talking to at the moment could have been there. So, is the man part of the mystery? Who knows? I really don't think so. I think that the real mystery is, what did she say? This story is completely buried. And even if she had just said that, that's still super bizarre. That someone jumps up on a national stage of that level of professionalism and starts talking about conspiracies, Freemasons, and things like that. But the fact that it seems like someone took the effort to actually hide what she really said. Now, again, it's possible that it was just ramblings along the same lines and some editor put the audio over it because I... But somebody did take the audio from the elevator, put it on different footage, and release it to the national news. Did Fox News do it? I don't know. Did somebody else, did C-SPAN do it? I don't know. But the fact that nobody's even asking these questions, except for this website from 2013, except for this YouTube video that's over seven years old, my conspiracy theory friends out there, think about how many times in the past week have you heard the word adrenochrome? Think about in the past week or two where you've heard about reptilian, not on this show, not on this show, when you've heard people sincerely and unironically talk about adrenochrome and Ellen eating children and all this stuff. When's the last time you've heard this story? This is real stuff. I have to feel like I have to keep hammering that home. We get so distracted with weird, kooky conspiracy theories. This has existed for seven years on the internet. Nobody knows the answer to this question. What did she say? Who altered the tape? Why did they alter the tape? And how was it that they altered the tape? The tape is altered. Now, again, she could have said something similar, but she says, I remember saying something. She wasn't saying that. As far as we can tell, she did not say it at the podium. She said it at the elevator. So how did her own memory? She was obviously saw, she says that she watched the footage. She watched the footage of her saying that. It fooled her. I know there's conspiracies of the week and everyone wants to talk about the super edgy stuff. This is real. It's seven years old. This question has never been answered. And I can almost guarantee seven years from now I could do another episode on this. It won't have been answered then either. This was a mystery. This was high level stuff. What did the sonographer really say on the floor of the House of Representatives? We will most likely never know because even the person who said it doesn't remember that that is a real conspiracy and one that puzzles me to this day what did she really say and why don't we know it DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. Twitter is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. (laughs) 